0: The Rams are the highest scoring team in the National Football League, and they sit atop the NFC West at 2-1. and one. But are the Rams for real? We'll find out the next piece of the puzzle. At AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas this weekend. Good evening, everyone. My name is JB Long with Demarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew, your Rams radio broadcast team, and this is Rams All Access on ESPN LA. We preview Week Four, and the Rams have had an extended week, a little mini bye, while the Cowboys come off Monday Night Football and a win against the Cardinals. Thank you very much, Cowboys. So here we go, fellas. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Is this Rams team for real?
1: Not yet. <laughs> um, not drinking the Kool-Aid, I guess. But, I mean, there's signs of life. I mean, there's things you like to see out of, a, I guess, a, a team with a, a playoff trajectory. I mean, good offense, a quarterback that looks like he knows what he's doing. And as soon as the defense comes around, then I'll be ready to go all in on the Kool-Aid.
2: I think I'm right there with DeMarco. Uh, last year it was the offense struggling, and defense doing a great job. Now it's it's flipped. But the pieces on defense, I feel, when you kind of look at it as a whole, as a collective group, they have the pieces to go out there and win games. You just have to wait for them to gel. And then once they gel, I think you'll, you'll have a playoff team.
1: I mixed the Kool-Aid with the water. I haven't put the sugar in it yet. You just kind of diluted it. Almost. You're getting ready. Oh, hold on. I, I, got, I got purple water. It well, just tastes like purple water. I haven't well, put the sugar in it yet.
2: Well, I mean, it depends on where you get those packets from. See?
0: Right.
1: right. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make
0: sure. Grant me this, though. Two and one this year. Feels more convincing than three and one felt a year ago because you're Does scoring.
1: Yeah, you're scoring. Like you said, one of the, the highest scoring offense in the National Football League. That that makes you have a little bit more confidence in what you're seeing.
2: Uh, for me, it's the consistency of the scoring. Right last year, uh, there was a big game against uh, Arizona. You won nine to three against the Seattle Seahawks. It wasn't much consistency in the touchdowns. Where now there's. Touchdown here, touchdown there. You know, big play here, big play there. And then defensively, they're opportunistic. They're 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 getting interceptions and turnovers at a high rate. You just want them to be more consistent on uh, most of those drives
0: we'll answer the question will will the defense flick on we know they're going to there's too much talent on that Better side of the football there are too <laughs> many veteran accomplished coaches will it be against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense we'll spend a full segment on that we'll also talk about some of the offensive superlatives uh, Todd Gurley just named NFC offensive player of the month for September he has a share of the NFL touchdown lead we'll talk a lot about Gurley and Goff and the protection that they're getting up front from their offensive line but let's frame this week week four against the Cowboys and let's start with Sean McVay who knows it's a big one
3: big deal it's a great atmosphere you know I think you look at um you know what that you know what a big market it is what a big draw that team is and and then you look at the success that they've had and and the respect that they have around this league so I certainly have a huge deal of respect for this coaching staff their players and and what they represent week in and week out and and we know that uh for us to go there and, and compete it's gonna have to we're gonna have to give them our best shot
0: Surveying the scene, both locally and nationally, it seems like everyone will concede that Jared Goff is not a bust and the Rams are not a laughing stock. They're no longer the doormat. But until they see Los Angeles beat a team like Dallas on the road, maybe the first week on the schedule where the Rams are either not expected to win or don't feel like they have a great chance to win because they're at home... Uh, this is a litmus test. This is, are you a contender? Are you really a division threat? Or are you just better than you were a year ago?
2: I think when you look at uh, the Rams this week, it's similar to where the Cowboys were last year, right? Tony Romo goes down. We don't know what the Cowboys are going to be. Dak Prescott comes out. And then kind of he has a couple games. And I, I forget which game it was where it was a big game that they won. It was like, okay, this kid is for real. And so um, that's what this is going to be for Jared Goff and in this, in this whole organization is, now that we've seen you score points, we've seen you, you know, keep up. Can you win the tough game? Can you figure out a way to go into Dallas and win? Um, and I think they have a great chance. I, I think again, you know, Dak Prescott and, those, and the Broncos kind of showed how to beat this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Can we that, borrow
1: Von Miller? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean,
2: we, I think you you, ha, you have some other pieces there, but yeah. even the Cardinals did a good job of slowing them down early on, and then they kind of fell apart because Carson Palmer was going three and out. So uh, the key right now is to keep your defense off the field against this team and keep their defense on and then waste clock.
1: To your point, it's like uh, what Washington did here versus the Rams. Ran all over them. So people said, is it just a bad Rams team or is it just Washington got lucky? And then they go out and just steamroll the Oakland Raiders. Now you're for real. So I, I get your point. Um, look, Dallas has some advantages. The Rams have some advantages. It just It's about which team plays better on game day. And, and that, that I think we're still trying to figure out. There's a lot of things that happened on Thursday that if the Rams don't make mistakes, that game would have been a blowout. If you don't have those turnovers in special teams or mistakes on special right. teams, that game's a blowout. So... We're still trying to figure out which Rams team is going to show up on game day just 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 like the Cowboys. So, whichever quarterback makes the fewest mistakes probably has a better chance to win.
0: I made a note back when we saw Dallas in the preseason to your comparison about the 2016 Cowboys and the 2017 Rams. And it was just kind of reason for optimism question mark because the Cowboys went from 4 and 12 just yes. like the Rams were in 15. To 13 and three last year. And no surprise, they had the largest turnaround in franchise history, particularly on offense. Went from 31st in offense. Granted, there were some good pieces in place, it was more due to injury than ineptitude. But they go from 31st on offense. Uh, In scoring in the NFL to fifth a year ago, and right now it looks like the Rams offensively are on very similar trajectories.
2: Yeah, I I think you you hit right on the head. Um, But Demarco said it best. It really comes down to like all the preparation and getting everything right, and then going into Dallas and playing well. Uh, There's going to be a lot of distractions there. I mean, I I, I remember playing in that, and I don't know, I don't know how it was. Did have the Rams went in there and played since they built the new stadium? It's just a ton of distractions. You know, you have people there on the sidelines drinking beer. You know, and it's more of a spectacle than it is a game. You just have to be able to hone in and and make plays. But uh, it comes down to can, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to matchups. Can our receivers get open against those young DBs in that cover two scheme? Can Tremaine Johnson stop Des Bryant? And then can your front seven stop Zeke? If your front seven can slow down Zeke, uh, hold him to under 60 yards,
0: you have a great chance to win. Isn't that refreshing, though, to be going into a game where you're a clear underdog on the road and having the sense that, you know what? If they execute if they put this plan that they've had extra time to build into place and they don't make the mental mistakes you referenced, DeMarco, there's no reason to think you can't come home from Dallas with a win. They've
1: got enough talent. Um, When you talk about the matchups Dallas has, I think the Rams actually have the better receiving core, and that includes Des Bryant on the other side. So uh, if the Rams can play to their strengths and keep Dallas from doing what they want to do offensively, you have a great chance to win on the road. And it's no shock if they do. You have a lot of talent and it's a well-coached football team just as long as you bring it on game day.
0: A matchup of two and one teams in week four. In fact, 16 teams across the NFL are two and one. That's tied for the most in the Super Bowl era. So the Rams have separated a bit from the NFC West, but not much from the rest of the league. They'll have that opportunity again in Dallas. Coming up, we got a ton on this show. We'll go inside the numbers, a look around the NFC West. We'll also have four down territory with the latest from Cowboys camp, including how do the Dallas Cowboys plan to handle the anthem this week, and what's the latest on their injured defense? Speaking of defense, let's go. Go there next with respect to the los angeles rams in defense of the defense which has not exactly shined through three weeks is week four the one in which they come alive we'll tackle that next on espn la this is rams all access
1: we're most definitely going going man looking forward to going out and being better than we were um you know these last two performances quite honestly uh they wasn't up to part of what we want to be um, we gave up a lot more than we wanted to so we most definitely want to go out and perform better than we have in the last two games
0: L.A. linebacker Mark Barron, as we welcome you back to Rams All Access here on ESPN L.A. M.J.D. Demarco Farr and J.B. Long. After the Rams dominated the Andrew Luckless Colts in Week One, they have since given up 66 points and 806 yards over the last two weeks. Those two games came in a span of just five days, home to Washington at San Francisco. Uh, Demarco, we'll start with you since this is your Shoot. side of the football. Uh, Barron and the locker room seems to realize they have not yet played to their potential, even though they have created opportunities with turnover
1: They're starting to gel. I mean, it's more than just X's and O's. It's the guys you work with out there. And the Aaron Donald situation created some, how can I say it, some, uh, some, some disharmony in the rhythm of how you play defense. So I, I think they're still learning how to play together and what Wade Phillips wants. So it's going to happen. They've got enough talent as long as they stay healthy. And that, to me, is... What really concerns me, I am really concerned about Robert Quinn right now when you look at how many snaps he gave you on Thursday night in a punishing Thursday night game. uh, 53% of the plays, that's it. That's that's a part-time player. Matt Longacre played almost as much as he did. And the concern I have is, can you get pressure on Dak Prescott if Robert Quinn is sitting on the bench? And sometimes when you have Connor Barwin and Quinn on the bench, can you get to him without blitzing? If you have to blitz Connor Barwin, look, they're gonna make you pay for it. They've got the receivers to do it in man coverage. So uh stopping the run. I think they'll be able to do as long as the guy that you're about to bring up, I know you are, Michael Brockers, brings it against that center, and Zeke Elliott. Control that run game, force Dallas into a one-dimensional, throw-the-ball-all-over-the-yard type scenario, and get after the quarterback. I just don't know if you'll be able to if Quinn's sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah, Brockers was one of the heroes of that yeah. 49ers victory, including the interception of the two-point conversion that MJD still wishes he had housed.
2: Take a knee, man. No, that's, you, guys, Stop. Take a knee. Score every time you have the ball
0: on defense, and then we wouldn't be worried.
1: The point is to stop the two-point conversion. You the did The
0: point that. is to <laughs> score. You're talking about a defensive tackle at his own goal line who had already left twice with an injury. Well, the ba- with Pits, it, the ball, he's got an ankle injury. It doesn't matter. Pitch the
2: ball to someone who can score.
0: Your biggest guy. Okay, so
2: you weren't nervous after that? After they got the onside kick? Of course hit. I was okay, nervous. Well, then if you scored, we wouldn't have been nervous. I
1: would say don't drop a punt and don't drop a kickoff you're, first before going, I go there.
2: You're going back to other things we can't talk
0: about. And back to the Cowboys, I think we would all agree that this has to be one of if not the best tackling weeks that the Rams have all season because if you're going to be asked to tackle Zeke Elliott for four quarters and it's not just him but it's Prescott too you look at the quarterback challenges these next two weeks Prescott on the perimeter and in the running game is right there with Russell Wilson in terms of being the most elusive extending plays and doing damage with his legs and with his arm when the pocket collapses Uh, look Zeke Elliott has not had the start that he did last year when he was right there with rookie of the year with his quarterback but take a look at the defenses he's played. You know, last week against Arizona, that's a really strong defense with a lot of draft picks on that side of the football. They cover well in the secondary so they can load up on the run. Same thing with Denver on the road. MJD, where is he at, Zeke specifically, and how do the Rams handle him?
2: Well, uh, Zeke right now I think he has a lot going on. Obviously he has off the field hanging over his head. Find a little out bit. Monday, right? Yeah, you gotta right figure out you figure out what's going on there. Um, but you always had that chance to appeal. So that, I think that process will keep going. But uh the offensive line hasn't been blocking as well. You lose, you lose a couple pieces. Ron Leary falls out. Then you try to put Lyle Collins to right tackle. That does not working out well. I mean, they have some guys. Chaz Green, I want to say, is at left guard now. They have some guys that aren't used to being in there, so they, they're, they're gelling as well. Um, and so that's kind of what's struggling for him. Uh, defensively, though, for the Rams, the one thing that gets me more than anything, and I, I wasn't a big defensive player, but when you're on offense, you have to learn a little bit of defense, is they, stay, they get out of their pass rush lanes. Guys are like, instead of staying outside, if you're Connor Barr when they're on the Brian Hoyer touchdown, you jump inside to try to bat the ball down. Well, now all of a sudden you've given them a lane to run. You can't do that this week. Or next week. Or or next week. You have well, to, You literally have to stay can in I say your lane. Yeah.
1: Some guys have to create a lane to get out of a lane.
2: That's just saying,
1: saying, yeah. No, some you actually have to pass rush to get out of a lane, not just get stuck on the line of scrimmage. Well, you're
2: exactly right. But what I'm what I'm saying is that this week and next week is going to be for both running game and passing game. uh, Gap integrity and lane integrity is going to be huge because if you if you mess up, and Dak is known for this, he will take off. And a lot of people, you know, last year he didn't run as
0: much. He's running a little bit more yeah. now. He will take off and beat you. Seven rushing lengths. touchdowns since the start of last season, most by any NFL I quarterback. I bet
1: you're going to see him scrambling a little bit more starting this week for the rest of the year. I, I bet you start seeing him running a little bit more well, with the way the offense it's, it's is going. Because it's going
0: to
2: help out their yeah. passing game. And, and, and Dallas really didn't feel as if they needed to draft a second wide receiver. we kind of seen those struggles come out. Uh, Bryce Beller stepped up big last week. But that's going to be a huge task for either Kayvon Webster who's going to play that second quarterback spot. They have to lock up and, and be on
0: him all the time. I want to talk about Des Bryant. I want to ask if you still feel he's elite, along with Witten, who's going to be a first-bound Ask Arizona. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ask Arizona. He was a dragon on that Touch touchdown what, yeah, what no, is that's carrying cardinals in
2: that's the thing about des Bryant. I, I got a chance to talk to james jones and james said that as uh des is not a route runner he's not going to beat you with his with his routes when the ball's in the air and with the balls in his hand and the ball in his hand he's going to be he's arguably the best player with the balls i mean you saw him shake up patrick peterson run a guy over and then drive in the end zone i mean that's yeah. what you're dealing with there so the best thing you can do is get your hands on him early and try to at least like limit his his touches um and that's, that's a tough task. And, and so, obviously, when you have uh, Tremaine Johnson, each week he's going to have to face someone like that, right? So, some type of guy. Last week it was uh, Pierre Garçon who people th- thought was over. Obviously found out wrong. Um, but now it's Des Bryant. And then next week it'll be Doug Baldwin. I mean, there's always going to be a guy for him to cover. Um, and I think he'll do a good job this week because he matches up well. His height and his physicality. They, it matches They're well. made for each yeah, other like yeah. it was like Taleb and, and Dez, Yeah, right they're made that like that matchup is made it's not as if you know it's a smaller DB or uh, a quicker DB this is these are two big guys i just think and then Jason Witten it's tough because if Joiner can't play uh i don't know who you ask to cover Marcus uh,
0: Joyner
1: with a hamstring yeah i guess you're going to have to lean on Baron uh yeah. Mo Alexander or you're going to have to bracket coverage it is Jason Witten but one he's, of the best tight ends in the but business but
2: he's you know let's 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 not and no, he's really good at catching the ball, but in certain situations,
1: you're going to yeah, have to double him because yeah. he's he's going to outslow you.
2: Absolutely, going to do.
1: Um, I remember when I was a rookie in Candlestick and watching the 49ers' defense when they had Deion Sanders, and I kept wondering why this guy isn't huddling up. The 49ers kept huddling up with ten and a satellite guy in Deion Sanders. So I asked some veterans, "Why isn't he huddling? Does he know the the calls?" No, he's covering one guy. That's it. That's what he's paid to do. He's making
0: it 10-on-10 football. That's That's it. it.
1: And that's what I would tell Tremaine Johnson. You've got Dez. Period. End of story. Wherever he goes, you go. Even if he's on the bench, follow
0: him. Yes. That's your guy today. And DeMarco, their rivalry goes back a few years to Oxnard, doesn't it? You were, did you guys see the brawl? I'm sure, it made news. It was it, everywhere. It was the season before the Rams came back to Los Angeles.
1: Yes, yeah. There was a big fight down there in Oxnard, Cowboys and, and Rams just going at it. The fans loved it. I thought it was crazy. But that all started because of Tremaine Johnson and Des Bryant John at each other. And Des was, wasn't even practicing that day. I could not wait for these two to match up in a regular season game. I am so excited to see this game. I, I, from the from the word go, they're going to
0: be going at each other. That's good. Yeah. Pa- I think part of the defense's troubles, not all of them, but part of them have been being put in bad situations. In week two, the offense was not giving them any help for the whole first half. Last week, it was special teams, and it was muff fumbles, and it was fumble kick returns, putting them in bad spots. So let's lump the special teams unit in here with the defense as we finish up this segment. It sounds like the Rams are sticking with their return plans with Faro Cooper on kick and with Tavon Austin coming off a concussion on punt. But I don't know if that's a long-term answer at either spot necessarily, given some of the roster decisions ahead for this franchise. Yeah, And either way, it's got to get cleaned up.
1: I could say this. like When you have an offensive-minded head coach, right, and you have a shaky punt returner, he's not going to yank the guy. He's just going to take it away from the special teams coach. Fair catch it. If it's in the middle of the field, which is a returner's ball, right? Even I want you to fair catch it, give it to Jared Goff, and we'll score.
0: But to that point, if you're yeah. going to play that strategy, there's no sense in having Tavon Austin be that man because he's not the best at fair catching it. He is the best once he does catch it. And so if right. you're going to take that away, <laughs> right. you, you might need to make another decision. And part of the, the, the roster uh, reference that I make there is Mike Thomas is now just a few days away from being eligible to come off of his four-game suspension, and it seemed abundantly clear that this coaching staff fell in love with his ability on teams back in the off-season program.
2: I think the biggest thing for me is if Tavon is going to be a return guy, he should be your kick and punt return guy. I just feel like you're just you're you're. I don't want to call it wasting a spot, but you're not allowed. You're not maximizing his maximizing his ability. You know he's special with the ball in his hands in space that's kickoff return that's that's an easier catch I would rather put in certain situations if we, if it's a fair catching situation where um, you know I was like that in college where the coach was like well you got a fair catch I like well then don't put me back there because that's not what I'm here for I'm here to try to make a play happen um, if that's the case, then put Cooper Cup back there, who we know catches. Field it, he'll yeah. He'll field it and he'll catch it, and you'll be good. It's more Danny
1: Amendola, yeah, fair exactly. catch, right?
2: <laughs> so I think they, they may have. You may see that come pretty soon. Where if you have another bobble snap, and it's not because of his pigment, I know what you're thinking is that he catches the ball very well and uh, punt return.
0: Well, the, the shame of the special teams miscues, be they muff punts or offsides, is this offense hasn't needed field position to score points. Their average touchdown drive length this season, ten of them. Sixty-five and a half yards. You can score. I mean, they're going from yeah. inside their touchback line down the field on three different teams. So just give them the football, even if it's not in great field position. All right, let's break there. Still ahead, we've got a uh, Rams All Access fan poll. The results of which you will not believe. Next, as we transition to offense, we'll talk Goff and Gurley and Week Four against the Cowboys. When we continue on ESPN LA,
3: doesn't mean much. We started off three and one last year and saw the way that went. So. Um, doesn't mean much, you know. It'll be good. It'll be good. It means we started off well, but uh, you break the seasons into quarters, and if we are able to finish this one with a win, it would be a good quarter for us, and then we are ready to go for another good second quarter. Is is the plan? But um, right now, we're just focused on going out there Sunday and you know, playing as best we can.
0: Rams quarterback Jared Goff, who averaged an NFL worst five point three yards per attempt as a rookie, now averaging an NFL best ten point one yards per attempt. As a sophomore. So, Goff looking to get a win to wrap up the first quarter of the season, as he calls it. We'll continue to preview the Rams and the Cowboys, but we want to remind you that you can see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com/backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game. You're listening to Rams All-Access. I'm J.B. Long with Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. Sunday, week four, Rams at the Cowboys. Let's dive into this offense and uh, Jared Goff coming off yet another career performance in San Francisco. Uh, He only had one incompletion in that second half, and it's a good thing he did because uh, the Rams turned out to need every single one of those tosses. Uh, Two receivers, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins coming alive, guys. Are you encouraged? by what you've seen through three weeks from Sean McVay in this offense.
2: Yes, very encouraged. Um, I think uh, the old adage is players win games, and and Coach McVay understands that, and he went out and got some players. Robert Woods steps up huge. Um, He's kind of been the guy that we haven't seen the last couple weeks. Uh, Comes up big with 100 yards and – you know some crucial catches too. There was a rollout play where Jared Goff was, you know, stuck. He didn't know where to go. Everybody was covered, and then Robert Woods kind of showed up and he was able to get him the ball there. Made that great catch when Jared was scrambling to the right down the field throw. So uh, Robert Woods is kind of coming into his own, and I think the more they all start to come in their own, this receiving core and Jared are going to be uh, uh, pretty good. And Kozmi Vay is very creative with that as well and how he's utilizing
1: no it. No, so they get matchups, no doubt. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, you know, if I, if I was going to run the offense or I had a say in it, I'm going to play football against DeMarcus Lawrence this week. I am. I'm going to give him jet sweeps. I'm going to give him uh, a, a, a dual read option. Like you have to cover the boot and cover the cutback at the same time. I'm going to take, try to take some smoke off that pass rush. Because you know he's going to be dialed in. His confidence is going to be sky high after what he did in Arizona. Um, and if you look at Rob Havenstein, there are some things on tape that you know you can take advantage of. So I would try to help uh, my tackle out by playing football against that one guy for at least a quarter and a half. Give him a lot of other things to think about. And if I get in those third and a lot situations, get the ball out fast. You're going to be on the road, it's going to be loud, you may be down a center, and they're going to be jacked up on defense. So, uh, this is all stuff Sean McVay knows. So, I would expect if Tavon Austin plays a lot out of him early, just to keep the defense honest, and then you'll start to see them bleed back into their normal offensive play calling. As uh, what we've What we've become become accustomed to over the last couple of weeks.
0: I like what you said about playing Lawrence there, especially with respect to Havenstein, who I've kind of circled as my offensive key to this game at right tackle because that's the edge that uh, right now the NFL sack leader loves to come off of. So whether it's in combination with a tight end, great point you made about the bootleg because stretching the running game to the left like the rams have done dominantly and then spinning out of it to jared goff's throwing arm has been a favorite technique of theirs which would put a lot of pressure on that right edge
1: carrier higby uh, it could be everett um if it is higby catch the ball yeah if it's carrier i've got nothing but respect for that guy since he's come here he's been tremendous and i hope everett is getting closer to healthy
0: so you say um you know, kind of take take that right side. And, Maurice, I wonder if Todd Gurley in the screen game, in addition to the Jet sweet game with, with Tavon, is kind of uh, a counter to that because right now Gurley is doing damage out of the backfield.
2: Oh, well, yeah, I think, again, you, you find different ways to to get uh, DeMarcus Lawrence to come up the field and then have to sprint back out, run sideways, run to the sideline, because if you know uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, his name just slipped my mind, DeMarcus. Rod Marinelli. Rob Marinelli. He, he preaches effort. That's what he coaches. Effort. You got to sprint. You got to be the first guy there. All these different things. So I'm gonna try to wear them out as much as possible. And then you know what? To be honest with you, on third down, I'm gonna try to keep the keep above the chains. But I'm gonna throw the ball on first and second down. Get my chunk plays there. So we know at least the pass rush isn't coming, especially when he comes out the uh, out of the game. And then when he's in the game, we're gonna run at him. We're gonna throw quick screens. We're gonna get make him tired. But you know, sometimes you have to. You know, you we. Rob Haverson, I understand he's a liability in certain certain situations in the game, but you pay him, and he's a starting right tackle. And there's going to be a point in time in this game where he's going to have to man up and block this dude one on one, in order for us to get a big first down or to score a touchdown to win this game. And he's going to have to do that. So you can protect yeah. him as much as you can, but the game is funny that way, where it's going to allow you to prove to yourself, if you or to this team, if you're worth if you're worth it.
1: Um, crunch time in San Francisco, they had they asked Brandon Fusco to go one on one with Aaron Donald. You see how that went.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't. That, they, they did that before, though. That's true. That's they, true. They did it the, the first couple drives before that. It's just, it just that one drive. Right. He's just heard him, right? On
1: that, on that big drive. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Um, look, there's some matchups that you're just going to have to win, flat-out win. And I, I think we're, we have to point out Andrew Whitworth, too, because you're on the road. They're going to get a jump on you. Yeah. He's been letter-perfect, but this is going to be a little bit different with Dallas. And when you think about what Rod Marinelli teaches – if you can, I don't know if you trust the offense enough yet to hard count on the road oh, I'm in a loud environment. environment. If you can hard count them,
0: you'll get them the jump. There have been pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball, including yeah. false starts, on the line and on the perimeter on the Rams so far this season.
1: I, I don't know if I trusted yet, yeah. but that would definitely question. help. Yeah.
0: To your point about Whitworth, though, three games as a Ram so far. He's played 84 snaps, one sack. Zero additional QB hits, zero additional pressures. He has been worth every penny. Oh yes.
2: yeah, I mean, and to be, and that's how this, uh, this whole offense has been able to go. If you really think about, I mean, uh, Jared has done some good things in the passing game, but he hasn't had to worry about that pressure coming from the left side. And if there is pressure, he's like shocked, right? He's like, <laughs> right. "Oh my god, where's this guy coming from?" So you, that is the was the, uh, what I said. I think we all talked about it early in the year that that was the biggest free agent signing uh, in in the league is to get a left tackle that can block and hold up. And when you do that, I mean, it opens up your passing game more. And I think the other match we have to look at is Robert Woods versus whoever else and then Cooper Mm -hmm. Cup versus whoever
0: else. I think Cooper Cup is going to have a big bounce-back game. Not that he was poor in San Francisco. He just wasn't the focal point. I think he's going to come back.
2: Well, he was the focal point of of the Niners' defense. Of the Niners' defense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. They were making sure that he wasn't going to beat him. I mean, that's what happens when you become the man. They start to focus on you. So these guys, because Sammy Watkins showed he can still stretch the field. So now if I'm the Cowboys, I'm nervous. Right? I'm like, uh oh, we got to play cover two. But then cover two opens up everything else for the underneath routes. So you need Ty Grosman to catch the ball. Hopefully, uh, Everett's back and healthy. Uh, Robert Woods is going to be the third guy they're going to be looking to. And then Cooper Cup working over the middle. I mean, those guys are going to have to make plays.
0: I'm a huge fan of what you said, though, about attacking on run downs, yeah. especially first down, because that has been the Rams' friend so far. Being aggressive uh, on first and 10. Uh, in fact, yards per play on first down so far this year, second only to the Chiefs, and we know the Chiefs are undefeated in terms of yards gained on first down with seven point six four. So again, if they can throw and run situations and run the ball effectively in any situation like they did against San Francisco falling forward for four or five, six yards, that bodes well. Can I just give you some superlatives? Can we just bask in some of this? Who knows how, how long it'll last. But DeMarco, you've been with this franchise for a long time. Mm-hmm. For the first time since 2006, the Rams have multiple 40-plus point scoring performances in a season. But it goes well beyond that. 40-plus points in, in two games and three games this season so far. That matches their total from 07 to 16 combined. <laughs> wow. Three weeks compared to a decade. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 07 to 16 combined. Two Forty plus going performances. See,
1: when you're doing it every single Sunday, it doesn't seem as bad as when you put it all together. <laughs> it doesn't seem that bad. Wow, has it been that
2: long?
0: Tied with New England for the most explosive plays in the oh, National Football League wow. with twenty. A lot of it's through the passing game.
2: Wow. Uh, I mean, they're they're finding are coach McVay is very innovative, and I think you're seeing a lot of that. Um, and he's he understands what his guys do well and what they don't do well, and he doesn't ask them to do what most coaches do do. They ask you to do something that you don't do well. For some reason, I don't know why they do that, and Coach McVay's not doing that. Because I mean, they don't
1: know how to coach. Well, there you have yeah. it. Yeah. Just do it my way, because that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. If and you can't do it, they'll just fire me. I'll move on. Right. right?
0: <laughs> uh, we use the, the phrase, what a difference a year makes, uh, several times already this season. How about just a couple of weeks or a couple of months? Because uh, this week's ESPN LA Rams All Access fan poll asked, Take your pick. Would you rather have Goff and Gurley or Dak and Zeke? Diving into this week's quarterback-running back duo. If we had asked this question this summer, if we had asked this question last spring, if we had asked this question in January, February, I'm thinking like 95 to 99% Cowboys yeah. side, right? Right. Any guesses what the returns were this week? No. 75-25 in Goff and Gurley's favor. Wow. Granted, now, my, my following is predominantly Rams. But still, I think even if you're pro-LA, you have to acknowledge that you're taking on what was – uh, basically the top two in the rookie of the year balloting last year in a playoff team. Yeah. And in three weeks you've been able to reverse that perception.
1: Dak Prescott versus Jared Goff this year, push. I mean they've both been
0: They've both been really solid. Pretty really phenomenal
1: really solid. in in key situations. Zeke is having a slow start. is ripping it up. So that might sway people towards the Rams side for right now.
0: He is the uh, NFC offensive player of September to open the year, and he also is carrying a heavy load. In fact, he and Ezekiel Elliott are getting more touches than any skill position players in football, so you'll see a lot of them again on Sunday.
2: Yeah, he he doesn't come off the field. Todd, I don't think Todd comes off the field at all.
0: 52% of the Rams' touches on offense have gone to number 30. He played more than 60 tailback snaps on a short week on Thursday night at San Francisco. Feed him more. With Malcolm Brown down, it was all taught. And I think that's been underreported. He was not a three-down back by reputation or by Mm -hmm. film at the end of last year. Suddenly, he never leaves the field. He's a willing blocker. He's taken on Blitzer's head up. He's dynamic in the passing game. That's a transformation.
1: He's never played more football in his life, right? I mean, he should be playing his best ball by now. He should be hitting his prime.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're... You've got another year, and he'll be in his, yeah. he'll definitely be in his prime. So, I mean, right now he's kind of getting pushed. But, you again, it, it goes back to coaches seeing what he does well in practice, uh, talking to a lot of the coaches. They say he catches the ball well, so
0: why not throw him the ball and not let him run into a brick wall all the time? And D, the belief inside the Rams facility is that he can go all day and all season.
1: I, I believe it. Uh, when they track your cardio during practice, they say he's the, the most in-shape guy they have. Next is, is actually Whitworth. Can you believe that? Watching the way he plays and chase people down for 80 yards, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, if you had to vote for an MVP so far, it'd be between those two guys because they've both been sensational. The only With thing a dark
1: horse that- for Robert Woods.
0: Throw him in there, too. Yeah. But the, the, the penalty stacking up on Dark the 2 drive, <laughs> right. pr- probably, probably leave him a notch below. Uh, the only thing you can pick at for Todd is the fumbles. yeah. And, and we can ill afford to see any of those on right. the road at Dallas. So uh, we'll break there. When we come back, we'll take a closer look at the Cowboys with four down territory. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Time for four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. We check in with Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN and ESPN.com. Uh, Todd, we'll start with the news of the week, and it's not necessarily football related, but the, uh, the answer them execution, the pregame execution, I should say, for the Cowboys was a national story. How do they plan to come back on Sunday in their home stadium?
3: It remains to be seen. Uh, players were, were going to talk about it during the course of the week and see if they will continue to do it or, or, or not continue to do it. Um, it, they'll, it. It took a long time for them to get to this point, to get to that point where they came up with what they did of locking arms before the anthem, taking a knee and then locking in arms during the anthem. Uh, I I think you'll see something Sunday, but I don't know if they've determined or or finalized what they will do. Uh,
0: The Rams are looking for their best defensive performance of the season so far under Wade Phillips. I wonder how he is remembered and thought of in Dallas.
3: It's a great question because he had a great team here in 2007 who went 13-3, and and they lost their first playoff game in the divisional round. And I think they, they view it as missed opportunities because they felt a lot of fans felt that this was a Super Bowl team that he took over when Bill Parcells left after the 06 season, and they never really were able to reach their full potential. Made the playoffs a couple of times, won a playoff game, but never advanced to an NFC title game. I think everybody in the NFL loves Wade. He's a great guy. Uh, I think Cowboys fans wish that he was just a little bit harder on their team.
0: Talking with Todd Archer, who covers the Cowboys for ESPN, inside four-down territory. Question number three, what's the story behind Zeke's relatively slow start?
3: I don't think it's the suspension talk, if that's where people want to start with that. I think if they've seen three really good defenses here to start the week, and the Cowboys are breaking in two new starters on their offensive line. As good as the All-Pros are in Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin, you have two guys playing two new positions. I think it takes a little while for those guys to gel and get used to what uh, they want out of the offensive line, out of the running game. And Elliott's kind of paying a price for that early. But he started slow last year in his first two games. Turned it on. We'll see if he's about to turn it on again now.
0: Uh, Todd, finally, I'm looking at uh, the preliminary injury report. I see Chidobe Awuzie, Nolan Carroll, Anthony Hitchens, and perhaps even more significantly, Sean Lee at linebacker and Stephen Pye at defensive tackle. How injury depleted do you expect this Dallas defense to be on Sunday?
3: Sean Lee is Demarcus Lawrence leads the NFL in sacks. He's had a great start to the season, but Sean Lee is the heart and soul of this defense. If they don't have him, that that is a huge blow. He's battled injuries throughout his career, although he's been relatively healthy the last two seasons. He's dying to play because he always wants to play. Uh, But I, I think you might see the Cowboys rest him, and then you're talking about Justin Durant taking over him more on Jalen Smith. So the Cowboys really have to make a couple of moves to replace Lee. If they don't have him, if you're a fantasy guy, it might be time to take Todd Gurley and play him a lot this week.
0: All right, thank you for all that inside information. We really appreciate it. Todd, and we'll see you on Sunday at AT&T Stadium. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Uh, sounds like Todd Archer may have been uh, weighing in on our Rams all access poll. It seems like he's leaning Gurley and Goff over Zeke and Dak this week as well.
2: Yeah, uh again, I think uh Dallas has such high expectations. You know, they're they're not playing well. They're not playing to the expect uh, expectations that everyone set throughout the offseason. So now yeah, everyone's down where we're coming from a team that was 4 and 12 and we're having a little life. Uh, some good things are happening. It's like, oh yeah, we're the best. So uh, I still think it's going to be a tough game. Um, and you know, I thought he hit it on the head when he said, you know, that offensive line has some issues, and it's not those all pro guys, but there's some, those new pieces that they're, they're adding, playing different spots.
1: I hope you can take advantage of it. I really do. You got to. Yeah, you you got some spots where you can possibly have the advantage. I hope the Rams are able to take advantage of those. I, I did like the fact that Sean Lee's going to be out. I do. That's that's like having a big piece of your brain trust on the sideline not playing so some of those adjustments or plays that he may know from sean mcveigh well now that's sitting on the bench in a cheerleading role versus
0: being on the field can i sell you guys on something that i'm i'm optimistic about but you may poo poo no we don't poo poo things could dallas potentially overlook la could dallas maybe maybe not bring its best effort because this game is sandwiched between uh, a rematch of last year's devastating home playoff loss against Green Bay. They come in next. And Monday Night Football, so it's a short week. And Dallas is 4-11 and on short rest under Jason Garrett. And the Rams are not the the national showcase opponent yeah. like Green Bay would be. Is this a, a trap not, game for not Dallas? Not
1: poo-pooing, but the highest scoring team in the league you're going to overlook? That's number one. Number two, you still have to worry about Aaron Donald. I. I don't yeah. think they're going to overlook the
0: Rams. Just saying, Rams are coming off a little ten-day yeah, yeah. and The Cowboys <laughs> didn't get home from Phoenix until four a.m. Tuesday. Well,
2: I'll say this: uh, what what I can say is that uh, you can see, I can understand that that thought. Like, yeah, you're overlooking to the Packers, and it's kind of like the Rams are always, you know, people say, like, "Oh, they're the Rams," you know. But um, I think DeMar- Demarco hit it on the head saying that Aaron Donald for for like. All right. You even see, for Chad, Zach Martin, you're yeah. like,
1: I gotta, I gotta practice and be ready for this right. guy. Yeah, it's yeah. not
2: as if you're not, you know. And then, and then again, you talk about as much as people don't realize, players remember everything. So that scuffle that happened back in the day, I don't even know if the players on the team that that punched Des Bryant in that scuffle, if he is still on the team, then he, I mean, they're gonna, th- those are little things that are gonna rise up in order to get make this game a game. But you can go out there and jump on them quickly because again, you're talking about. I remember coming playing eleven. Three games in 11 days, I want to say what it was. Yeah, it was a Monday, Sunday, Thursday. (laughs) And by the time Thursday came, like, we were out – we were just out here. We were just out here trying to get it. I mean, guys were just trying to do what they could. So in those situations, you know, especially on the short week, you can see that type of aspect because guys are still trying to heal up and trying to get right. Then you got to get ready to go. Um, it's, it could be a chance where the Rams can jump out early on them and then have to try to sustain it.
0: I do want to touch on the, uh, the team meeting that the Rams had with respect to the national anthem and how to handle that on Sunday. On Monday Night Football, we saw uh, the owner, the coaches, the players, uh, the Cowboys collectively come together and take a knee before the anthem was performed formed uh sean McVay and the rams as well as the san francisco 49ers the only two franchises we haven't seen in that scenario yet because they played on thursday before trump's comments uh, on friday do you feel like the rams are on the same page with that collective meeting they had and their plan for this weekend? Do you feel like that will be in any way a part of the story on Sunday?
1: I, I think so. I mean, Robert Quinn's been doing his yeah. protest, you know, showing the fist for a couple of seasons now, so they're accepting of that. And on Thursday night, Johnny Hecker, the first time I've seen, actually put his arm around Robert Quinn. So I, I think they're going to present a unified front. But this is what I would say. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to do together. If we're going to kneel, then we're all kneeling. If we're going to stand in lock arms, then we're, we're all going to stand in lock arms. Um, if we're going to stay in the locker room, then we're all going to stay in the locker room. So whatever we decide as a team, we're going to do. Uh, I'm sure you've been booted at home. I've been booted at home. I've been cheered at home. You're used to it. But whatever you do, do it as a team. Do it together.
2: Uh, I think my biggest thing is whatever you decide, decide about it and then let it go.
0: It sounds like they did on Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That's, if you If you did it... And I think that's what hurt a lot of teams. I know a lot of teams are going to say that, but you know, there's stories of teams staying up two, three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out what to yeah. do to please everyone. You're not going to please everyone, and so as the leaders of this team, you have to figure out this is what we're going to do, and that's it. You know, and there's some people that you know, and it's their right to not do it if they don't want to. I get it, but at least don't let that affect what what we're here for. Right?
1: See, it was new to me. I, I didn't have to go through this. I think the closest we came to this was the OJ verdict, right? Where it split a locker room just like that. But watching. What the Steelers did on defense, and then listening to Mike Tomlin's comments, yeah, it affected them. They were sleepwalking in that football game. There was a, it was a different team from first half to the second half. You can right. tell he laid into them in the second half. So that comment he made afterwards, yeah, it, it does affect people. Like you said, this has been a problem for a lot of football teams. So whatever you decide, stick with it, and that's it.
0: In that sense, the weekend off, it certainly helps with rest and recovery. It helps the coaches get ahead on game planning. But maybe kind of an intangible advantage is it allowed the Rams to sit back and watch as fans over the weekend get a sense of the landscape, probably come to the facility on Monday with a sense of what they were feeling individually and talk that out amongst themselves even before the coaches came in.
2: Well, they probably did did that Sunday. The group chat. You know, a lot of these guys are in group chats. So they're probably figuring out what's going on. Again, I think we we only see football players as football players. You know, they, they're human beings. Kids, wives, their their lives were affected uh, just as, you know, the owners or your fans are. And so they have to figure out a way. We have a platform to figure out a way to, to how we're going to show our solidarity or how we're going to protest and, and say what, what, is, what this process is really about, which is police brutality. And then not the, the police not being, you know, convicted of what, what the crimes they were committed. So I, those are the things that I think as players, when you go through, and I've talked to a ton of players this week, is – You know, they're still trying to get the message out. You know, for some reason, the message went from police brutality to now, uh, obviously, the military. And so they're still trying to fight ways around that. But again, as a team, you want to go out, whatever it may be, you decide. It seems like the Rams decided on Monday. And now you got to focus on the game plan because at the end of the day, you don't want this to affect your season because that's what you're here for.
0: Dallas caught a lot of eyes because they played on a national TV platform on Monday night, but they have not been home. In this environment yet. And there's there's a unique component to Dallas being on their home field for the first time. And it sounds like from what we just heard in four down territory, that there's not a final answer even going into week two of the Cowboys contending with this dynamic. And so I think the eyes are going to be very much on their sideline and what they do, if anything, Sunday, less so for the Rams, although we're, of course, going to be interested parties. Um, but again, we'll we'll have pregame coverage because this has now become a large part of the story in addition to the four quarters that follow. Yeah,
2: well, we were there uh, last year on Monday night, right, when Colin Kaepernick first started this and how big of a story it was. And now you've you kind of seen uh, the wildfire break out, where, you know, obviously uh, Donald Trump comes out and says, hey you know he challenges these owners and these teams and he's going to continue to do that because that's what he does and, then, and these players and owners are going to continue to, to respond back this is because that's just kind of the nature of football so um i think as fans you know understand that everyone has a right to do what they want to do and we should we should all agree that's the first amendment um and if you don't like it you should you should express that via the newspaper or email or however you feel and then go on from there
0: all right let's break there and, and leave that and come back and on the other side kind of pick up the football discussion again. We'll go inside the numbers and have final thoughts on week four. The Rams at 2-1, and one, traveling to face the Cowboys. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA. Well, Samuel Watkins coming off his best week as a Ram on the season. 14 targets, 13 catches, 194, and two touchdowns. According to Pro Football Focus, he leads all NFL wide receivers with a 158.3 quarterback passer rating when he's targeted by his guy, Jared Goff. Keep throwing the football. Uh, you think? <laughs> Only one hasn't got there.
1: I like the fact that now you have a chance to to take the gimmies, the gimme routes that defenses will give you. Now that you've taken the top off. Now that you've taken the top off. I mean, defenses will give you those quick outs. Let's see if you can complete, complete those passes. Well, now you can take advantage of those with Sammy Watkins, plus what he does after the catch. There are no more gimmies. Every play he could go to the house with Sammy Watkins.
2: Uh, I think the biggest thing is we've kind of seen Sammy be explosive with the ball in his hands on short routes, go deep, all those things. But now the question is how long can he do it, right? Yeah. Health-wise? Health-wise. I need to see – you, if you can give me 16 games, I think you earn a big contract here, and then that golf Watkins thing will be something that people will love to see for a long time.
1: That's funny. When I was doing some research on him before he got here, i talking to some coaches. They all said the same thing: when healthy, he's one of the best ever. The best. Yeah. You remember? You got to remember. He but they drafted. always say when healthy, right? Remember, he
2: was drafted in front of Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, good Jarvis Landry, yeah. uh, Hopkins. I mean, he was drafted in front of all these big receivers. Uh just was, and, and, and people have to understand. You know, when you go to Buffalo, like it's completely different than Miami and South Carolina. And so you got a guy who's not used to playing in the snow and that type of weather. Uh, being able to utilize his speed, it's tough to do. I mean, those things are tough to deal with.
0: Let's power through the NFC West because I've got a two-minute drill that I want your guys' responses to. Uh, The Rams have the only positive point differential, plus 32 in the NFC West. Seattle struggling. They've given up 354 yards rushing the last two weeks to San Francisco and Tennessee. Worst case scenario, worst case, that's the Rams losing, the Seahawks and the Cardinals winning this week. First place will still be on the line in Week 5 at the Coliseum when the Seahawks come in and the throwback jerseys will be on. Doesn't that feel good?
1: Geeked, absolutely. That's what you want. That's what you've been building for uh, since you've come back, uh, to really take on the – the the pride of the division, the the Seattle Seahawks, and maybe they've come back down to earth, and the Rams are rising. But either way, it, it makes for a great matchup.
0: Can't wait for it. Still no Andrew Luck for the Colts. They'll be in Seattle, Niners at Cardinals. The other matchup in the NFC West. All right, let's go to a, a quick rapid fire finish. I've got some closing thoughts. I want to get your knee jerk reaction. Number one, Justin Timberlake finalizing a deal to perform at halftime of the Super Bowl, according to Us Weekly. Remember that wardrobe malfunction with Janet Jackson? Are you in or are you out? I'm in.
2: Uh, as long as Jan- if Janet's there, i mean in. If not- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jared Goff's 118.2 passer rating through three games. Second highest by a Rams quarterback through three in the Super Bowl era. The other 99, Kurt Warner 125. Wow. Offensive minds. Sean McVay. Of coaches. Way to go. Playing off of that from the greatest show on turf to the greatest show on surf. Love it or leave it? Leave it. Ooh, oh, nice. Come on. Yeah. All, All right. It. Finally, playoff odds. Historically, 64% of 3-1 teams have made the postseason. That's the opportunity in front of the Rams. ESPN-FBI has the Rams' chances at 32% if they beat the Cowboys, falling to 17% with a loss. Too early to start thinking playoff picture?
2: Yeah, we were 3-1 last year, and it didn't work out. So I'm going I'm to wait until t- uh, we get things going.
0: Catch up. me mid-November.
1: Mid-November? Mid-November. we got yeah. a lot of football left to play. And That's only one time. game
0: so far in the yeah. pocket against the NFC West, and it's against what you would figure to be the bottom-feeding 49ers. Right. Give me your vibe going to Dallas. Feel good? Feel, Static. Feel confident? Feel uneasy?
1: I'm glad you had 10 days off. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the offense is starting to gel. A um, little concerned about the defense, but uh, we'll see what happens.
0: They're due, aren't they? They better be. I mean, they've got
1: pieces... <laughs> They've got pieces, they've got some good pieces. They just all have to play together and play for each other.
0: Special
2: teams has to step up and win the game this week. That's what it's going to come down to. You have It's matched up both sides. You're going to have your defense going against a real good offense, then a real good offense going against a, an okay defense. Special teams is going to be the key. Field position, yeah. and someone has to make a big play in this game to win.
1: And my positive feeling has nothing to do with how Dallas is performing. It's all about what I see
0: out of the Rams. Half the league is 2-1, including the Rams and the Cowboys. It's a separation Sunday at AT AT&T on this weekend, and we'll join you from Dallas on Sunday morning, bright and early. Have a great brunch, and we'll talk to you then. Looking forward to Rams and Cowboys. Thanks for listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.